I'm Justin Gava, and today we're tackling a topic that resonates with many of us, imposter syndrome. Um, I'm joined with two of my talented coworkers from Worthwhile. They're here to share their insights and personal experiences. First up, we have Amy. Amy, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I started with Worthwhile in June um, of this year. So I've been here for about six months. So I'm just starting out. I got my degree in software engineering in December, so about a year ago. And this is my first real developer job. So I had a QA job for a few months right after I graduated and then switched over to Worthwhile in June. So I do full stack engineering. So that's everything from the database to the UI and kind of everything in between. So it's a very wide job description, but I enjoy like knowing how things work. So it works really well for me. It's great to have you here. Uh, next, we have Stephanie. Stephanie, we'd love to hear a little, about, a little bit about your background, your role at the company. Yeah, so I have been in the tech industry for almost three years now. Um, I was a career changer um, back in 2020. Prior to that, I owned my own small business for about 10 to 12 years um, in a completely different industry. Um, so this is my second company as a developer. And I started out as a front-end engineer uh, and then moved into a dev team lead role, which was a half engineer, half um, management role. And then more recently uh, moved into an innovation and engineering lead role, um, working with our CEO, Dan, um, to head up our venture studio uh, division. Awesome. Thanks for that, Stephanie. So imposter syndrome is the feeling of self-doubt that many software developers experience despite possessing excellent skills and several several years of experience. So can each of you share your personal experiences with imposter syndrome? Amy, let's start with you. Sure. So funny story. Um, as I heard about the this episode of the podcast about imposter syndrome, I, I messaged April to ask if I could be a part of the episode because I wanted to share my experiences, my thoughts on it, what I've had to work through personally. So I typed out the message and I sat there for a minute and thought, Am I like, what, what am I doing? Am I good enough to be on this podcast? I just started at this company a few months ago. I just started in my career in software. I don't have, like, I don't know a lot yet. Maybe I'm not good enough to be on the podcast. Maybe I'm not professional. Maybe I don't have a good presentation that I can't do it. And then I stopped and I realized that it's very, the, the irony of thinking I'm an imposter about being on a podcast to talk about imposter syndrome. So I sent the message and then I sat back and I waited. And April's response was that imposter syndrome is such a universal human experience. And I qualify because I'm a human. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a paraphrase. That's the idea of it. So that's the most recent funny story that I've got for it. Yeah, it's very meta feeling imposter syndrome <laughs> about being on a podcast about imposter syndrome. So that's interesting. Very ironic. Yeah. Well, what about you, Stephanie? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I deal with imposter syndrome uh, still. Um, I've dealt with it in my former industry. Um, I distinctly remember probably the first two to three years um, in that industry feeling like I didn't know what I was doing and winging it all the time. Um, and definitely felt it as a career changer in the tech industry. Um, felt it this morning. Uh, so definitely, you know, it's, it's something that is there and present, um, even, you know, a couple of years in now. 
Um, I've just learned to deal with it differently, but definitely experience it on a frequent basis. Do you think women face any particular challenges around imposter syndrome? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think being, you know, tech industry is just predominantly male. Um, so as a female coming in, you already feel different. Um, so you add that on top of what you're already feeling with imposter syndrome and it just adds to it. Um, I think there's a lot of feelings of, you know, maybe you don't know as much or you got to prove yourself more. Um, and, and it's just, it's not, it's kind of silly if you think about it, that your, your gender or how, you know, that, that would make you less than like, it's just silly, <laughs> but, but you feel it for sure. I think, yeah, definitely being in the minority, you notice. So walking into a meeting or sitting down with a bunch of developers and there are either all guys or almost all guys and realizing, okay, I'm different. Does that mean that I'm not good enough having that aspect? And I think the other aspect is the aspect of comparison. Um, I feel like that might be a little bit more of an issue for women is comparing themselves either to each other or to other people or to what they want to be. And having that comparison mindset when you're talking to other developers who just even specialize in different things, even if they're at the same technical level as you, but they're specializing in something different. You have that, I have, at least I have that feeling of uh, they know something that I don't, which means I'm missing something, which means I'm not good enough. I would add to, um, Amy, I don't know if you feel this way, but like, you already feel a little bit different as a woman because lots of women wouldn't sign up to be a software engineer anyway. Like it's not a very, um, you know, common thing in, in and of itself. And so you must feel different as a, as a woman compared to other women. And then you walk into a situation where like, oh, now I'm like this different kind of woman now surrounded by a bunch of guys. You just feel different it's like compounded difference. I don't know how to explain that, but that I feel that anyway. Absolutely. I mean, I've had people ask me, I'm getting to know somebody and they ask, what do you do? And I say, I'm a software engineer. And like nine times out of 10, the first thing they say after that is, oh, I could never do that. Yes. And then I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I can't either, but here I am. Um, <laughs> and having, having that, like, it is, it is different. I haven't met a lot of other female developers. I met a few and I'm very grateful for them, but having that difference as well of not only am I a minority in this group of developers, I'm also a minority in this group of just, you know, women choosing different careers. How do you think men can support women uh, with their feelings of imposter syndrome? I think that's a great question because um, I don't think probably a lot of men understand or even acknowledge that you know, what we were just talking about. So simply just being aware is huge and making sure that your demeanor as, you know, you, as you speak to a female engineer um, is, is respectful and, um, you know, like just being mindful. I think that that in itself is huge. There is that aspect of realizing that everybody has earned the position that they have now. So if that's a position of like a dev lead or just a software engineer is they worked hard regardless of who they are. They worked hard to be in that position. 
and acknowledging that is huge. But from leadership coming in as a, I'm here to support you, ask me questions is also big. And I think we'll probably talk about this later is on how to handle imposter syndrome. A lot of it is asking questions. So being the person who is willing to hear those questions and willing to give a, you know, that wasn't a dumb question. Here's an answer. Here's why we do it this way. Here's what you can do to solve that problem. And coming at it with a, everybody starts at the bottom mindset, I think is super helpful. Listening to the podcast, we'll have a better perspective now, right? Yeah, I hope so. And I think, you know, Amy touched on something too. It's like, I think management and the leadership at a company really needs to also foster that um, and be mindful of that because, um, you know, the effects of of the, if you're not that way, if you're not respectful or you're not mindful of it, um, it can be pretty, um, you know, it can be pretty toxic if, if you're not. And um, so even for managers to ask, how are you doing? Um, are you struggling with this? Um, how can we help with that? That I think um, is huge. And even the just saying, hey, you're doing a good job. Like I've had my manager say that to me a couple of times. And that's something that I go back to when I'm really struggling with, am I even supposed to be here? Am I any good at this? Is realizing, okay, my manager told me that I'm doing a good job. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to trust that, you know, the type of person that he is, he's not just going to lie to my face and say, you're doing great. Um, Cause that's, that's not who he is. That's not what a manager should do. So taking that, hearing that, I am doing a good job and then believing it. So for managers, just telling your employees that they're doing a good job, it might seem very simple. You might say, oh, you know, they know they're doing a good job because they are doing a good job. But hearing that from somebody, even if it's a coworker or a manager, hearing that from somebody is huge. It's interesting. They say managers think that they say enough praise, but a lot of them, actually fall short of enough praise by, I think the statistics statistics is like 50 to 70%. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, if you're a manager out there, it's important, especially for someone who's new to the industry, who has shared with you, they struggle with imposter syndrome, make sure that you lay it on heavy because it's probably not heavy. Um, but to you, it might feel that way as a manager, but to the person receiving it, it's what they need. I think a lot of managers are listening and, and hopefully they're hearing this. So I think it's good advice. What are some strategies that have helped you cope with or overcome feelings of imposter syndrome? I think what has helped me the most is being willing to ask those questions. And I think the first step for me personally is getting over myself, realizing I just started out. It's okay that I don't know everything. Let me ask somebody to figure this out so I know it next time. Um, I think that's a big factor. The other thing that's helped is looking back and instead of comparing yourself to another developer that's been there longer or somebody who started at the same time as you, comparing yourself to where you were six months ago, where you were three months ago, where you were last week, um, and just seeing that progress that you've made and comparing yourself to where you were instead of comparing yourself to where you want to be is super helpful. I think for me, um, 
I, I need to process verbally. So, um, finding a safe person that I can share my insecurities with. Um, I actually found a mentor that has really changed my life. Um, she is an engineer as well. And she gave me just really great perspective. Um, I think it's important to have that person. Um, but I would say here at Worthwhile, we have a culture of that. Uh, so it makes it very easy to be vulnerable and the team around you responds well to that. Um, and so, I mean, I remember being new here and not understanding something and I would slack Justin and he would always come with a very helpful attitude. It wasn't condemning, it wasn't judging, it wasn't making me feel dumb. Um, so I'd say, you know, wherever you're at, uh, make, making sure that the culture is healthy is important. And um, even if maybe the culture is not the healthiest, finding a few trusted engineers on the team where you can um, you can be there for each other is is really really big deal. Have have a supporting culture is important. I think something that is also helpful is just talking about imposter syndrome. Uh, I know when I started a couple of weeks after I started, I was in a Zoom call with Stephanie, and the subject came up, and she said, "Hey, this is something that." I still deal with, even though I've been in this industry for a few more years than you have. And this is something that I've talked to other people who have even more experience than me, and they still deal with it. So knowing that you're not alone in it, knowing that it's a pretty universal experience, I'm sure it's not 100% universal. I'm sure there's those couple people out there that have just never dealt with this in their life and, uh, you know, good, good for them. Um, but knowing that it's a universal experience and that everybody, almost everybody at some point deals with it is also good. Yeah. I remember even being in boot camp and everybody was so scared to ask questions because they would come off dumb. And then you realize that everyone's got a dumb question and it was completely okay. And someone's dumb question was actually someone else's dumb question that was in their mind. And so like, I think when we got here, um, or when I got here, uh, being able to air out like, oh, I don't know that someone else would be like, oh yeah, I don't know that either. And when you lead with vulnerability rather than strength, um, like, you know, it all, it actually is way more productive and effective. Um, cause I think I've definitely been in situations where you're around someone that comes off, like I know everything and it really just hinders communication at that point. Uh, nobody wants to be around that person, you know? Yeah. I think it's important definitely to be vulnerable and, you know, it's important to um, be okay with not knowing something. And I think that'll get you far. Um, like it's okay to ask a lot of stupid questions, right? I th I think for me, I I rely on on asking stupid questions in order to learn. Like I'm... I'm I'm okay with being the stupidest person in the room because I know that if I ask those questions, I'm going to learn something. So I think asking a stupid question to go off of a smart answer or an intelligent answer is so much better, so much wiser than not asking that stupid question, not asking that dumb question, and then going off of a dumb assumption. And then that'll get you into even more trouble further down, down the path. So exactly. ask the dumb question, get a good answer, and then go off of that. Right, because then you're not going to assume anymore, right? 
Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> What's your advice to people experiencing these feelings in the industry that are just starting their careers? Stephanie, you want to start? Yeah. Um, so I, I would love to speak to those who are similar to me, uh, your career changer and maybe older to the industry, um, went through boot camp, non-traditional student, um, you name it. Um, I remember graduating from boot camp, talking to my career counselor and saying, who's going to hire me? You know, um, there's all these other people that are better than me and I'm not even going to pass my tech interview. And she was like, Steph, don't worry. You're going to, you're going to get a job. Don't worry. And I was like, how do you know? And I guess she had seen in me, um, you know, the, some social skills and my experience in my former business. And she said, don't worry, you'll see. I was like, okay. Um, so I graduated boot camp, and my first job into tech was actually with uh, a an amazing team who valued culture fit more than anything. And so did my first interview with them, didn't even do much of a tech interview, and they offered me the job. And I just could not believe it. <laughs> and so for them to value, um, yes, I could, ha you know, I had the tech skills, but for them to value the other things that I brought to the table was huge because I thought those didn't mean anything. Um, so if you're a career changer, uh, be proud of those experiences that you bring to the table, be proud of, um, you know, your maturity, even, um, that you've, that you've gone through something different and now you've, um, career change. It's a really hard thing. So, uh, don't, don't let those voices of doubt creep in and, and keep you from, from, you know, chasing your dream into the tech industry. It's inspiring. My advice would be for people who went the route that I did or similar to it. I went to college and I mean, there was, it was not a straight path from college to degree. I went to college, transferred out of that college, took a gap year, transferred into another college and then got my degree in December. Biggest piece of advice that I have is realizing, is being able to, reframe your strengths and realize like recognize what your strengths are because when I was thinking about imposter syndrome one of the things that I thought was oh I don't actually know the answer to this problem I would just googled it and I found the answer that way and I think that's the same for a lot of a lot of developers a lot of people in the tech industry but especially a lot of people who are just graduating college a lot of people from just like Gen Z that generation is their technical skills are of being able to Google something and find it can kind of have that feeling of, oh, I didn't actually know it. I just found the answer. But when you really realize like what, what all is involved in that, you were able to have, you have a problem that you're working on. You looked for the information, you found correct information that was relevant to your problem. And then you were able to apply it in a way to solve that problem. That's huge. That is a massive strength. And that is something that will help you for the rest of your career is being able to find information and apply it to a problem is more than I just Googled it. It's research skills. It's the ability to learn and adapt and being able to rephrase that we, that what you think is like just a, a given into, okay, this really is a strength. This is something that I can do. This is something that I can do well, having had a computer in my house for most of my life, um, experiencing 
just the technology at a different age than a lot of people or just different technology at a different age is having those skills, having that experience and a different perspective than a lot of other people. All right, that's a wrap for today. Big thanks to Amy and Stephanie for diving into the world of imposter syndrome with us. And hey, to everyone listening, you're not alone in this. Keep rocking it out there. Don't be too hard on yourself. Catch you on the next one. Stay awesome, everyone. All right.